RWM Home Loans in Fresno is a proud sponsor of Fuego FC. RWM Fresno, mortgages made easy and where your journey begins. Little Caesars has been a proud partner of Fuego FC for over a decade. Check out their new location on Cedar and Shields in Fresno and make sure to order some crazy bread. The Iron Office a 24-7 private gym, veteran-owned, right here in Fresno, California. Make sure to lift heavy, lift often, with the Fuego's official gym partner, The Iron Office. Envision Realty. We want to help those achieve the dream of home ownership. We are your voice, and we'll be right by your side from beginning to end and beyond. Visit www.envisionfresno.com and be a future home owner. I grew up in Clovis. I was born in downtown uh, Fresno community. Oh, really? CRMC, okay. I guess now yeah. it's called. And then, uh, yeah, grew up in the country in Clovis. Went to Cl went to Clovis schools and then Buchanan. Mm -hmm. And then uh, did a semester at Reedley. Okay. Junior college. <laughs> and Go then uh, then moved south. Tigers. Like Shout Beach, out to yeah. the Tigers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was cool though. Yeah, yeah, I like going out there. Yeah. I did. You know, I did. Clovis We've all Center. got Ridley ties now. Clovis uh, Center, Fresno City, and Ridley. I did, you know, kind of sprinkled all the uh -huh. campuses in. So. Yeah. And yeah. then you moved away for a little bit, right? Yeah. Left for about 15 years and then uh, kind of realized. Where? Long Beach and then like LA area. Mm -hmm. I went to Long Beach State. Mm -hmm. And then. Uh, Shout out Snoop Dogg. Yeah, of course. <laughs> More <deep. laughs> Uh Yeah. I mean, I, I guess at like 19, it was like I needed to get quickly away as possible. Yeah. And then. Uh, 15, 16 years later, it was like more and more we were coming back. It was like love and Fresno, mm -hmm. the Central Valley. So, uh, did you have that like uh, that itch that most people that grew up here have of like you just had to get out for yeah, a while? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, I mean, in the country as a kid, like, and still where my parents are still at, it's still like undeveloped out there. So mm -hmm. it was like before I was driving, it was like, you know, the like, fog. Dude, someone want to come grew up, up? Like, yeah, My grandparents yeah. grew, out, grew yeah. up out there, and holy cow, the fog is like, yeah. it's like oh, unreal. Sure. It's next level. You walk yeah. up, wake up, turn on like channel 18 to see the little scrolling to see if like, you your know. School's do your school's school, school today? today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still do that as a teacher. Do you really? <laughs> I'm like, are the kids going to come today? Are they going to do I have the day off? I never yeah. got one of those. We just got like. Well, that was like our snow day, I guess. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Fresno, we didn't get a bunch of that. Oh, no, yeah, out yeah. in Reedley, we do. Out in Visalia, for sure. Like, mm -hmm. it gets real bad out there. Yeah. But, yeah, Reedley, it's like, okay, are they going to run the buses? Are the kids going to show up? So, so, I mean, school, when you talk about your stuff for a bit here, tell us a little bit about what, what you got going on, what you do. Okay, so I run 
a nonprofit organization called Camp Sunshine Dreams. It's a camp for kids with cancer um, and their siblings. Mm. So we went to an international uh, cancer organization, and a lot of the camps in the United States and Canada only run um, patient or camps for cancer patients, and then they run separate ones for siblings. And so what we realized here in the Valley is it really affects like your whole family. And I am a sibling of a cancer patient. My younger brother had a Wilms tumor, which is in your kidneys um, at 11 months old. Oh, wow. And um, luckily our doctor caught it. They took him to Valley Children's and they actually removed an entire kidney before it exploded. So they actually saved his life at Valley Children's. And he went on and they made this kidney guard and he played soccer and baseball and basketball and he did all the things, you know, that little boys do. And um, so because of that, we got connected with Camp Sunshine Dreams and um, I've been running it for 27 years now. Wow. And we accept patients and siblings, which is cool because... Um, a lot of like what he went through, I didn't really understand. And so you get to know cancer patients and like what they went through and the, the trauma and the medical things. And then you get to know siblings where the patient didn't know like, oh, yeah, mom and dad were never there with you or, you know, you were never home. Like we were dropped off at everybody's house because we don't have family in California. So whoever wanted to take us this week or that weekend my parents just kind of dropped us off with friends and you know we it's, really didn't see them that often yeah so. it's it's a you know we all have cancer experience yeah. you know and andrea is going through it right now but uh i don't think sometimes and it's hard to talk about myself in my own situation but a lot of people don't really understand the impact that cancer has on like those that are surrounding them yeah for you know? sure <clears throat> when you know andrea was diagnosed for the second time she i was freaking crying and yeah. like you know a, a mess and needed my mom and dad and like you know what i mean i was just you know it's a tough tough thing to be able to to cope with and um you know she told me it's like i need you to be strong for me and i need you to not treat me like i'm sick yeah <clears throat> and it was this and it's a hard thing to do yeah. you know what i mean because you see your loved one your other half your brother your sister your mom your dad whoever it is going through like this insane amount of pain and struggle and treatment is like it's torture it's it's torture and to be able to like put on a smile and be strong for a moment and like try to give them like just make their day for a little bit just give them a smile um and then like go away for a moment and like have your your moment like it's it's something that can be difficult for people and so I can only imagine what that's like for for children you know yeah. like for an adult it's one thing to be able to like recognize what's happening try to be an adult about it not be overcome with emotion and, and try to be whatever but for a kid that's like still working through things it's just uh that's an incredible thing and for you guys to be able to work with those kids and maybe have them have fun together when they're maybe not used to always having fun together yeah and that's that's really cool yeah we have we have a couple of siblings that 
um, they're they're actually staff. They're on our board, and they they say when they're up there, that's the one time of year they hug and they love each other mm. because they're they're night and day brothers. They they fight, they bicker, they everything. But when they're up there, they truly understand what each other has went through, and so they'll they'll give each other a hug. And so I always text their mom. They're hugging now. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really cool to to see that and share that and kind of share my experience with younger kids and like this is what I went through and this is you know what I did to get through it and you know because it does create a lot of trauma for the siblings and the parents and anybody around the patient so we like to have both of those up there and it's also nice because growing up with a cancer patient you know, everybody was like, oh, you, you have to be gentle. You have to be soft. You, the doctors wouldn't let him do anything. Mm. And up there, the kids are just kids. Like, they get to rough house. We, and... You know, we would jump in the lake and, like, throw each other under the, the floaties and all this stuff and just have an awesome time because nobody was up there saying, oh, you have to be careful. He has right. cancer. It's like, no, you, you can be kids. Like, mm -hmm. we got lifeguards. We're That's good. Super it's super important because just like how she told me, don't treat me like I'm sick because it makes me feel like I'm sick. Yeah. Like, I'm sure the kids feel the same way and just being able to be themselves. And so yeah. how, how uh, when does this happen? How, like, how long do they go for? So it's the first week of August every year. Um, the past two years, we haven't been able to do it because of COVID. Yeah. But um, we have been doing it for 35 years. And the kids come up. Um, they meet us at Valley Children's. We put them on charter buses, and we bring them up for a week, and they're up there. No parents. They're not allowed. Um, growing up, I got on the bus as an 8-year-old and my brother as a 10-year-old, and my mom sent us away for a week, and social media wasn't a thing back then. So my mom was like, we sent you away for a week, and we didn't know anybody up there. Right. Except for the oncologist from Valley Children's, the doctor. That's cool. So, so, so an oncologist comes on the trip as well? An oncologist, and then we have a team of about five nurses, some of them um, through Valley Children, some of them through other hospitals. Wow. Um, and then, you know, a bunch of other staff members are, are in the medical field or teachers or things like that. Um, but you really, um, you don't know, you just have to trust that these people are going to take care of your kids. And it's cute because when the kids go home, we all have camp names. So my name is Blondie. Mm. I have blonde hair, so it fits. <laughs> and they would go home and, oh, Blondie did this. And we, we went in the canoe and Blondie did that. And they're like, who the hell's Blondie? <laughs> and they're like, oh, that's that's my counselor. Like that's And they're like, what the hell? Like, how do I find this person? So they're looking up Blondie on Facebook. I'm like, you're not yeah. going to find me. Finding some singer. Yeah. So then when I finally do meet some of the parents at the hospital, if I go in to see the kids or whatever, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm Stephanie and da da da. And, and they're like, hey, Blondie. Oh, you're Blondie. I'm like, yeah. Hopefully your kids said nice well, things. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Have you thought about doing an adult one? Because I'd love to. Love I know. To go. I know. <laughs> so we do. Like, when all of the staff, because we're all, um, 18 or older when all the staff come back to fresno we usually go to doghouse grill mm. and we all go out and get good food and have a couple drinks of course and, and really like enjoy each other you know because we've bonded as staff yeah. over the the week that we were there and a lot of us um some of us grew up together some of us went to the hospital together and um some of us 
like we've gained nurses or doctors or something um, later on. So you really create that bond, not only with the kids, but with our staff. So a friend of mine that I met, I was eight and he was 10 back in 1995. We're still friends. I'm aunt to his kids. I was in his wedding. His wife was in ours. Um, So we're, we're still really good friends 27 years later. And you know, you just create those lasting bonds. The, the bonds, I mean, in, in bonds through times of struggle, too, it's just like, I mean, I I even, I'm so thankful because we just went through a crazy hospital experience with Andrea, but, like, some of the the nurses and, and support staff and people that would come by and chaplains and, you know what I mean, you name it, like, you build this, like, this bond with them and we won't for, forget them, you yeah. know? And yeah. it's like, I can imagine, like, for these kids with the counselors and with other people and going up to a camp and having, like, a solid experience with an adult or somebody that's not, like, inside of your family, like, those things you never forget. Yeah. yeah. My brother's um, oncology nurse, so back he was diagnosed... 1991 um and his oncology nurse she had just started nursing she was like 22 at the time or something like that she is on our board and so she's still you know and now she's met my brother's son Mm. um which looks just like him so it's nice to see you know a tiny version of him and that he's able to have kids and everything after all of this so it was really cool because we're still friends with her you know 30 years later right and so you have you have those lasting bonds and um it's just it's crazy that you know so many people are affected by this in the central valley and that we can try to support them and show the kids like it will be okay and Mm -hmm. we you know we will get through this and that we tell them it's okay to cry like we we love to have fun up there. We do so many fun activities. We've had different groups come up, like um, Hawaiian dancers. We've had the princesses. We've had bounce houses. We had a Native American group that brought up like teepees and did like this whole rain dance show. You know, we've provided so many different clubs and things in the community for these kids to show them that. But I think the biggest thing is like, you know, it's it's okay it's okay to cry and it's okay to you know say this sucks you don't always have to be strong like you you can cry here we all get it but the best thing is to see them laugh and you know when you have a child who has had their leg amputated running around with another child that is bald going through chemo up at our camp um you know running around with each other trying to you know get the giant soccer ball over the net it's it's super cute and it's very rewarding um feeling and it just kind of everything that's going on in the world it just makes you think like god like if these kids can get through this treatment we can get through anything and so it just it puts your life into perspective well and it's something i feel like i've recognized is like the importance of mental health beyond just the physical health side of things it's like chemotherapy treatment surgeries you name it like it's crazy it's difficult but being able to have like an escape and an outlet or something just to kind of bring you back to like regular life for a second is such a healing Mm-hmm. type of behavior so yeah, it's like for sure even though it may just be a fun and enjoyable thing based around but it's i truly believe it's part of the healing process and so like what you guys are doing is incredible thanks yeah <laughs> so how'd you guys get connected um i guess it just started from the collaboration with you guys kind of hitting us up with root to do 
part of your collaboration here coming up and uh you mentioned that you know finding a, a beneficiary and uh i had gone through cancer in 2019 uh at the time as a 38 year old man uh i mean i was the youngest one going through chemo and radiation at, at my clinic so um i really wanted to find a local uh charity or group that worked with uh kids going through kind of what i went through i guess so mm -hmm. um yeah. I don't know how I ran across you on Facebook or something and then uh, just emailed you and yeah. kind of told you my story and what we were doing and uh, that we would love to kind of have them be our beneficiary and a uh, portion of the proceeds going to the camp and um, yeah, kind of. And then COVID obviously slowed a lot of it down. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been a mess. Can't wait for that to be over. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. So, I mean, it's a little bit about you. I mean, yeah. Fresno, Central Valley guy, yeah. went away, came back, started your own company. I mean, why? Um, well, yeah. I mean, I guess at, you know, 19, whenever we left or whenever I left, it was like a country kid just thinking I needed to escape to a big city or something. And I wanted to go do art. And so uh, I went down south to Long Beach and was attending Long Beach State. Um, and then got into careers down there working in the apparel industry. Um, and then, I don't know, 15, 16 years later, the more and more of my wife were coming back to Fresno, uh, spending more time in downtown and just kind of getting to know people in the community just randomly. And um, yeah, just really felt kind of inviting community, I guess, that we never felt in LA. Mm -hmm. um, like we before my wife and I moved back, I mean, we were in the same house for about eight years, and we didn't know any neighbors. And you know, we're up in the hills in LA, and so everyone just kind of pulls in their driveway and leaves. And so, I think coming back and like spending times, you know, back when the Fulton Mall was there and yeah, Peeves Public House was the yeah. spot yeah. to go to. And, Peeves. Uh, yeah, uh, and it was immediately just like very inviting, and so my wife and I you were attended just, quite a few soccer games. I remember. We would go to a lot, and that yeah. was another thing. I, I played soccer as a little kid, and then I spent 18 years playing baseball. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I could sit there and watch baseball for hours because I, I know what's going on. But for yeah. my wife that thinks yeah. the game's boring yeah. and change seeing not so the exciting. energy of soccer, <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just seeing, you know, the, the fire squad guys meet there in the early morning, you know, and uh, it was just immediately just like, wow, this is like – something that we had never experienced mm -hmm. um and then it was like okay well we're gonna both be leaving our careers in la like what are we gonna do and it was like i guess retail like we've never done i've never worked a retail job in my life mm -hmm. uh you know restaurants bars busboy whatever um and so we decided to do retail and uh, we have a lot of creative friends just from the industry uh, that we were doing in LA and so just kind of thought we would give that a permanent house to for those creatives to like showcase their work and then it still allows us our creative freedom mm -hmm. um, kind of work on clouds with you guys with you guys and kind of pick and choose I guess what we want to do and yeah so um, so so root general store yep is not only you guys but you guys also have other people uh, sell things inside of your store right like we, how does it work yeah we don't do any sort of consignment um so we buy everything outright 
um, and we our focus is local. So if we can, it could, you know, we kind of label ourselves like a general store, modern day general store, I guess. Uh, but clothing, vintage, new, uh, home goods, skincare, jewelry, art, a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. books. So you know, if we could find it locally made and sourced by local artists, that's definitely our priority. If not, then uh, we just work with like small independent makers and manufacturers so nothing that you're going to find at any big box stores Mm -hmm. nothing that's like mass produced so all the jewelry in the shops from like three or four different local jewelry makers Mm -hmm. and how'd uh, you guys get connected with like with all these different artists really um it was it would like our goal was local hyper local and um obviously that took some time since we hadn't been back in the community a while so Mm -hmm. that took a little time to build up to what we are now but um I think just like I said, with the community and like just doing events at Tioga and pop ups and art hops, uh, just I don't know. Just I feel like it's something because I lived I lived in LA, so I shared a similar experience to you where I didn't get the sense of community, right? You know, yeah. and it's like everybody is on the grind. It's a hustle. Yeah. Like <laughs> you know, I I remember telling people I lived in the Bay Area too, that it felt like I needed a blinker on my shopping cart at Costco. <laughs> you know, it's like everyone's just on the grind and hustling all the time, and it's. You don't get the sense like that you get to stop and take a look around and enjoy it. Like yeah. the pace just wasn't a, a good fit for for me personally. Yeah. yeah, it's hard. But I also get the sense like in what you're doing here in in town now is for me I would think like it's challenging because so many people. What I've realized a lot about Fresno in general is that there is this there is this desire to have comfort. And there's a desire to like park in front of your grocery store and get out and not have a bunch of people in front of line Mm -hmm. and be able to get your groceries and get out and go home and enjoy your house and your family. But there's traffic and not sit in traffic. Yeah. (laughs) But sometimes I also didn't get as much of a feeling as there's like a lot of, you know, creative or artistic or like stores like yours, where when I was in L.A. or in the Bay Area, you see a lot of that style of things where people really have like the craving or desire to have something uniquely created. Right. Versus just like right out of the box at the store convenient. So has that been a challenge adapting people here to like a a different style or is a lot of the creative? I mean, that was one thing with opening our store concept is like. You know, anytime we get someone in the store like, oh, this reminds me of a store in L.A. or, you know, Santa Barbara or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like it's not a new concept at all in the retail world, but it hadn't existed in Fresno yet. So yeah. for my wife and I, and you know, when we started in 2015, you know, it was like we need to do it before someone else does. Yeah. It's only a matter of time till someone does it. So we hustled. I mean, we moved back June 2015. Uh, we opened the store in November 2015. And, and you we, guys were originally in a different spot than where you're at now, right? Yes. We originally were on the Fulton Mall next to Peeves. Okay. Um, yep, yep. That, that kind of like narrow. That yeah, yeah. I just walked <laughs> everyone. would see everyone just walk by my front door. Uh-huh. Thankfully, we had those middle doors that lit in from Peeves because yep. that was mainly our front door. People like go and get lunch or a beer and kind of poke their out. head and be like, oh, what's That's this? where I did the first time. <laughs> I, was, I was at... I was at Peeves like after uh, I think maybe a Fuego game or a Grizzly game. Yeah. And I'm like, what the heck is this? And I kind of yeah. like looked in and I'm like, oh wow, this is something new. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you guys had like some random stuff at the beginning. I don't even remember what I saw. Like, I think I saw a purse and then like a sweater and then I don't know, a bike. I, I don't know what it yeah. was. Just like all these kind of <laughs> we didn't bikes, things. but uh, it was I guess at one point. Uh, a bike shop, I think, back in the day. I oh, think, okay, okay, okay. So there was some, like, 
gears or something on the walls uh-huh. at oh. one point. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, moving back, we thought we were going to have, you know, like Fulton Mall's ghost town. So we're like, we could pick any building we want down sure. here. And it wasn't the case at all. Um, you know, we had numerous building owners just tell us like, oh, you know, I don't want to rent right now or call me in a year kind of thing. Mm. And then um, after like three times like that, we went back to, to Peeves to have a beer and uh, Craig was kind of like, oh, do you guys sign a lease today? And we're like, no. Another one fell through kind of thing. And then that's when he was like, why don't you guys take over this spot? Um, so initially, like, finding the local artists, it was just, like, going to a lot of, like, craft fairs and stuff like that, finding ceramic artists and being like, hey, do you sell to anyone else? And they're like, no, I sell here at the flea market or whatever, yeah, every other Saturday or something like that. So it was a lot of, like, taking our experience in the apparel industry of what we knew of, like, designing of, like, wholesale retail and kind of like teaching a lot of the makers that like okay like if you're selling this here for this price like how do i make money obviously i need to buy it at a lower rate in order to resell it but um you know i'll buy in bulk from you so mm-hmm. instead of just you're selling one or two at a time let me buy like 30 at a time and then it's my responsibility to get rid of them kind of thing so a lot of it that was i feel like one thing for us is we've we've really worked with a lot of makers to teach them that wholesale retail side of the business um but it's fun because then we also like as a creative like there's you know i don't know how to do jewelry i don't know how to do ceramics but it's like sure hey let's like we kind of get a design with them in in a sense so we'll do items specifically for the shop that maybe they're not doing for other stores so um, I i love that concept so i mean i i'm just making the comparison in my mind to completely separate businesses but Something that like Mike Oz and Ray and and all those guys that are dealing with Fresno Street Eats have kind of worked with those guys in like a similar mindset of where like, hey, I'm a food truck, but I'm only able to be at this location on this day and I make all my money that I can I can in one day. And that's all I have. And they've been able to like connect the dots for them to give them more volume more opportunities, more marketing, more, you know, and, and like, they've been able to take these trucks and now instead of working one day a week, they're able to work five days a week and and really kind of grow. Yeah. And that's kind of cool that you're doing that with the local artists as well in a way. Yeah. In a sense. Yeah. Trying to do that. But so do you guys do online as well as we do online? Yeah. That's kind of what got us through COVID. I mean, we were, we were shut down for about eight months, Mm -hmm. um, in the thick of COVID March to October, I guess. Um, but online, we really we had already had an online presence, but that really pushed us to get more of an online presence and really push the online website as well as like the. Design, That's hard. The it's the something we're trying to figure out right now. You know, is like is how do you be, how do you be effective online? Like, w- w- what type of marketing do you really need to do yeah. with it? Like social media ad buys, or does yeah. the photography matter? Is it just the product? Yeah, yeah. like we're the in the SEO. midst That's of trying to figure that out. Yeah. But everybody nowadays, everything's on Instagram. Instagram is huge. Yeah, yeah, everything, like during COVID, when everything was shut down, I remember buying everything on Instagram. When my husband and I got married, I found our wedding photographer. I found our caterer. I found all these people, local people, local businesses, and we hired all of them because I saw pictures on Instagram. Wow. So it's, I mean, things like that, and especially, you know, not only supporting your store, but the people that made those items. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah we We find a lot of makers that, you know, just running across Instagram pages and, like, hitting them up, and like, hey, would you sell to our store? Can we buy stuff from you mm-hmm. and work with you and stuff, so. And where do you find, like, your customers? How is it, I mean, because 
being on Fulton, you had probably originally hoped, hey, we get some walk-up audience. No. But that's <laughs> yeah. not probably how it no, worked, right? We we learned that very quickly through Craig Sharton with Peeves. I mean, uh, we moved back, and we, we'd we heard about this Create Here business plan competition that uh, the Downtown Partnership still puts on, and mm. uh, we've there's been a lot of businesses that have opened up from that. Um, but Craig was a big influence as far as, like, you know, like, are you sure you know what you're getting into? Like, you're downtown. <laughs> and my my mom has worked in downtown for 40 years. So, I mean, and as my wife's mom, too, uh, she was a fire inspector with Fresno Fire. Uh-huh. Which, uh, my favorite people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's retired now. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> but both of our parents, we were like, my wife and I were like, hey, we're going to move back to Fresno. We're going to open a retail store in downtown. And both of our moms were like, please like don't yeah don't. Like, <laughs> it's not gonna last kind of thing but they got to the point where they were you know were like the the typical downtown residents or employees that brown bagged it you know they came clocked in they ate at their desks and they left at five yeah and so now um they really see like what we i guess envisioned all along but jumping back to with with craig was craig really put it like you're a destination you're not going to be dependent on just random foot traffic like you got to work to get people in the door which is what our i i are still our struggle is six years later is like i'm confident enough that we have good enough product in the store that if i can get someone in the store they're they're gonna buy it on something but mm-hmm. it's just kind of getting them in the door yeah um i mean i think yeah we've we've same goes with sports i guess 100 right? i mean being downtown for the last you know i've been downtown now since 2011 working or living um with the grizzlies the fuego fresno fc and and now fuego again but it's the same thing it's like you have to you would hope being in a downtown location you would capture this like walking audience but and for our downtown it's not you have to create legitimately a destination location and that's a huge challenge because you know people figure oh you're in downtown like it's going to be cheaper on rent or it's going to be something and it's not like it's it's pricey it's challenging sometimes it's hard to find parking and you have to really you know for us on on sports have to create legitimate events to get people to come and so i guess that kind of is a nice little segue to leading into art hop and art hop is probably like i would assume a a really successful time to get new people into your store yeah, it's a huge night, yeah. to be able to just expose people to your brand. I mean, what has art hop done for you as a downtown business and like, how do you plan I mean, on that, using it? You know, it's huge. I mean, that, that's definitely like, that was, you know, the, when, you know, we didn't have our hop for a year and a half with COVID, I guess, but uh, no, that's definitely our night that we're, we're covering bills that night. You know, we know we're, we're going to have a big night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Previously, it was just like a big party, you know, and we would usually have a DJ, uh, some sort of like, you know, we'd have Des in there doing cocktails or or some, you know, Mike Cruz would kind of come down and send some staff down and be pouring Tioga beers or something. But mm-hmm. um, no, it was just a great night for anyone to experience downtown and anyone that would come into my shop and like on a non-art hop night and they'd kind of just be like, like, how you doing? Like, what's why are you here? In yeah. A sense. Like, yeah. why don't you move to River Park? And I'm like, well. Show me a hundred-year-old theater. It's a dope building in North Fresno. You know, like show me Warner's Theater architecture or any of these buildings down here Mm -hmm. with any sort of like character and design in them, like in another part of Fresno. It doesn't exist. So, um, but I always tell them like, come down. Like, have you experienced Art Hop? And a lot of people still don't even know what it is. And you know, I'm like, come down the first Thursday every month and 
typically people are like always blown away like holy crap like i didn't even know this went on yeah I, it's still like every you know it's kind of yeah. the one six years i guess not the only but in my opinion in, in the city of fresno it's like the one cultural event that we have on a frequent basis you yeah. know like yeah. downtown sure. clovis has the farmer's market that does really well on the weekends every friday, and yeah. Like, yeah every friday yeah. and it's a fun entertaining situation but Art Hop to me is like the one thing that Fresno can kind of hang its hat on is like this is our one super dope cool yeah. event that like yeah. everybody can come to and the thing I like is the police leave you alone people yeah. have a good time they take care <laughs> of themselves they are drinking and stuff but it's just an enjoyable experience to walk around and see people you like you would probably never expect to see downtown and, and, and enjoy the people I mean really I mean thousands there's thousands of people yeah there. Fuego pulls out with their crowds you know and then you know Fres Yes Fest, Mike mm-hmm. Oz can pull those crowds, Sam yep. can pull those crowds, but I mean, it's like, yeah, we've, we always show like, okay, we've got one night a month, now we need 29 more of these, like, yeah. how do we do that? How do we fill those <laughs> gaps, you know? Sure. So, but, I mean, uh, so, so, I mean, you've been in downtown for a while, like, what are some of the things that you see from, like, the grassroots, like, we, on this last podcast, Sam referenced it as, like, not the 30,000 foot approach, but, like, the worm's eye view, you know, what are some ground, things yeah. that you really think that need to happen for downtown to like take that next step because it seems like there's been like incremental mini steps along the way but we haven't made that leap that we really need to make as a community to and i feel like there was a lot of momentum like pre-covid yeah um and then obviously covid took a major impact i mean right now i mean for downtown we're very much reliant on events and if not events then like my day-to-day is like maybe like city employees or staff that work down there that pop in for a gift or something like that. And when people were working from home, you know, we didn't have that. Mm-hmm. And when the events were off, I mean, so downtown was really affected. I mean, I, I personally, I think we need more living down there. I mean, it, I, yeah. I think there's definitely demand. It seems like those lofts fill up so quickly. I mean, if we can get more life down there, you know, in the evenings time, you know, I mean, obviously there's a lot of people that work down there, but, uh, you know, we haven't had seen any new living lofts or any sort Quite of living situation in years. So, I mean, the nightlife is starting to pick up. There's a few more retail spots coming in. Obviously, we have professional sports down there. So it's like, yeah. you know, there's there's the demand that people, I mean, we meet people every day. I feel like every week that have like, they're moving to Fresno, either someone like me that have left for years and they're coming back or maybe have never have ties or they're coming in to work at you know community regional medical center or valley children's uh that are completely new to Fresno, and they want that downtown environment because they're that's what they're doing in san francisco or la or something like that so um i don't know what the hold up is if it's city stuff or just builders not ready to take the leap i mean yeah it's like chicken or the like right. chicken and the egg which yeah. one yeah. comes first because when i lived down there i for sure i lived in broadway lofts yeah. which i love they're like these awesome old brick buildings with mm-hmm. like it was such a cool experience but like i struggled to find places to eat yeah i struggled to find like a grocery store to go to yeah or you know i mean i had the cultural arts park but other than that like well, on the weekend at nights is just kind of dead yeah you know? and i mean all the restaurants i mean it it's tough i mean for me like I stay open late on art hop nights, but after six o'clock, you know, everyone, you see the cars starting to drive away and for a restaurant or a bar to 
try to stay open late, it's it's tough not having that pool, you know. And it's the only subway in town that's not open on Sundays. Like, <laughs> is the one downtown. Oh, on Street yeah, right there? I'm yeah. like, I remember going by on a Sunday, like, you know, hanging out over there, and I was like, oh, I'll get a subway sandwich. And I went by, and I'm like, subway's closed. Yeah. Like, how's it closed? It's subway. <laughs> And even like the the Starbucks on Kern it closes. by the community center. I mean, they're closed early too. It's like mm-hmm. it's wild. That's so. crazy. Are you a frequent? Uh, are you a downtown visitor? What's your perspective on downtown from um, being from the valley? And yeah, I think when I lived here in Fresno back in college, um, we'd come downtown all the time. But you know, now that I live further mm-hmm. away in Visalia, it's I'm not here as often. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when when we were in college, we would always come downtown. They had really good, you know, thrift stores. The restaurants were good. Art Hop, we always yeah. went to. So there was a lot of, you know, and we did we did a ton of uh, sport games too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just it's it's different now. It's definitely gotten better. Back when I was in college, it was a little. Uh, they didn't have the lofts back then. Mm-hmm. You know, things weren't as nice or as clean as they are now, but it's changed so much. And I just I love it. I if we lived closer, I would definitely come more often. But it's just it seems like it's like the part that was challenging is when they opened up Fulton. I was kind of hoping it would like pop around peeves and grow so it brings the because all the lofts are on the north end right yeah and like the brewery districts on the south end right and and the stadium and i was hoping that it would kind of grow from the inside Connected. out but yeah. it seemed like it, it's the opposite way like south stadium where modernist and dab and uh, yeah. full circle is and all that and tioga it's like that area is thriving and then up where you're at it's kind of thriving with like living and some other you know chicken shack and in that way but like the middle the connectivity is just kind of missing so i remember right. like for me living on the north end and like it didn't feel like there was a way for me to like get bar yeah. hop to places right or like stop at a shop and then stop at another shop and you know and that's where i feel like i hope the connectivity comes because if fulton can become that corridor, corridor yeah for sure then i think it's got like a lot of potential it just seems like it's so slow yeah, yeah. and a lot of i don't know i mean a lot of the big buildings obviously you know fresno city ran employee mm-hmm. you know health department that and mm-hmm. Um, yeah, workers. It's a lot of workers. workers yeah, which I mean, it's good that buildings are occupied during the day, but then it seems like at night, you know, like from like Tuolumne to you know Inyo down where Tioga is, it's like yeah, you got Chicken Shack there, but there's not much True. in between, which you know, so. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Well, so we're doing Art Hop together. Yes. We've got a collaboration coming up. I think people have seen a few of the collabs that we've done. We actually, I don't know when this will come out, Nathan, but tomorrow, so I'm not sure tomorrow doesn't mean tomorrow when this comes out. Anyways, (laughs) confusing. We're doing one with with Sam at FTK, and we're doing a little uh, thing at his shop. And we did one with Iron Bullies. And we're doing one with uh, a young lady named Ari Ray who's into, like, um, fitness, women's yoga gear and stuff that's really cool. And so one of the reasons that we wanted to do collaborations within, you know, the the community is that we really felt like Fuego's always been, like, a big family. And it's been a super inclusive family. And Fire Squad and and all the supporter clubs have done a good job of that. And we always felt like, man, if we got this team back, we want to highlight our community because – I grew up here and it felt like I couldn't wait to get the hell out because there was nothing cool and there was nothing to do and there was really nothing about my city that I could be proud of. You know, and I felt like 
that as a teenager and i think a lot of people kind of maybe even still feel that way just a bit but i feel like that's shifting yeah and our thought was like if if there's something to be really proud of it's like it's your it's your sports team right the pittsburgh steelers the seattle seahawks the dallas cowboys whatever and love the grizzlies um, but at the end of the day, the Grizzlies are an affiliate of a major league team, right? So it's right. hard. Like, they don't really have the homegrown players as much and things like that. And the Fuego gave us an opportunity to hire local players and coaching yeah. staff and front office and really feel like we're, like, a platform for our community to be able to expose our talent to the world, right? Yeah. And so we felt like, all right, well, well, why does that only have to happen on the pitch? Like, why can't that also happen within, like, highlighting incredible you know, brands like yours or FTK or, or these other things. And so yeah. being able to do collaborations, it felt good for us because yeah. it felt like we've got a family of people that have been coming to games that we've known a long time. We've had beers together and like, why not rally all together and like expose how cool our community actually is. And so that was kind of the reasons that we wanted to do the collabs one. And, and then on the other side, it's like, are there communities out there that maybe haven't been exposed to soccer and to how enjoyable coming to a match could be? You know, with Iron Bullies, it's like a bunch of bodybuilders that are like jacked and like, <laughs> you know, and do they watch soccer? Maybe not. I don't know. But maybe they can come out to a game and have a beer and have a good time and, and enjoy the experience. Uh, yeah. And so being able to expose the Fuego brand into different pockets of the community felt like a good grassroots marketing strategy as well. You know, so being able to to highlight our community and to reach a new audience, I think, is is what we're trying to do and what we really hope to do. And we're super stoked about the collaboration we're about to do with you guys. So you want to talk about your your, yeah. your design and what's coming out um, and what people can look forward? Yeah. So we did. Um, we're doing a jersey. So kind of obvious for soccer. But, um, yeah, we did a little. Uh, all over kind of ditzy floral kind of wildflower print actually i have the socks on right here nice. we did socks <laughs> of it too partially um so yeah the jersey will have that kind of floral print on it um have root the fuego logo and it'll have dreams across the chest uh for the camp um kind of recognition for that and then um we're gonna do a little jacket with it some socks hats just a few items to kind of commemorate the three kind of groups here that we're we're celebrating so yeah we're excited it's been i think we started on it in january holy cow it's been a while uh, <laughs> and uh obviously yeah a lot of you know manufacturing is yeah. tough right on its own and then you throw in a pandemic yeah to try and to custom like custom like shirts jerseys all that stuff it's yeah. a it was a hard thing to get it, our hands on yeah, yeah. it's been while. yeah um so yeah it's exciting it's yeah you know it's good to see it finally coming right coming together and i'm excited to see uh i think we're working on a photo shoot next week so that'll be coming out soon or mm -hmm. our timeline here as i know yeah i know messed up yeah. but um yeah so we'll see have, have some you know preview shots little video and everything little teasers coming out uh before our hop and then the jerseys uh are gonna have to be pre-sold just because due to the everything we've been dealing with with production um so some of the items will be pre-sold and we'll take orders and then we'll fill those orders you know after a few weeks or a month down the road and then some items will be available to be purchased and take home the night of art hop so and i know you guys are setting up mm -hmm. um 
little goals and stations and bringing out for the community and the kids yep. and hope not. Nice. So yeah. yeah, it should be a good night. It'll be fun. It'll yeah. be soccer. It'll be cool gear. It'll be a party. Yeah. And I mean, the, you know, all of us have had this common connection of, of cancer and its effect on our lives and our, our loved ones lives. And it feels good to be able to tie it together. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, it feels good to go out and market and sell some merchandise and have a party, but to know that there's a, a portion of the proceeds that are going to a good cause that make an impact on people that we know it, it does make a difference. And yeah. to me, it's like, if there's one thing that the fuego could do sometimes it's be a distraction for the chaos of reality right yeah. and going to a sports game and getting away from having you know cancer or dealing with politics or having your crappy bills at home like if you can go and use sports as a platform to just kind of escape and get away for a moment and have a good time i think that's a great use of of athletics and, yeah, and pro absolutely. sports and and so hopefully that night will be a great night for everybody and we'll raise some money and and it'll go back to a really good cause that can make an impact yeah, yeah. thanks <laughs> yeah absolutely what should we end on that? What yeah. else do you say? Yeah, Nathan, you got anything? You got a camera facing you today? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, thank you guys for for coming on. I'm super super duper excited for the collab and for the night and for we're gonna have a good time. So, yeah. Yeah. Art Hop, October seventh. October seventh is that confirmed? First Thursday of October. First Thursday. Of, we'll yeah. have a street closure. <laughs> uh, the Fresno Street Eats guys will be bringing some food trucks in for us. We'll have a bunch of vendors and makers out there and then um yeah some soccer so yeah we're gonna have a good time so yeah. make sure you guys make it out and uh, if you have any questions you know where to find us so thank you guys so much i yeah. really really Thanks appreciate it us. thank you all right bye everybody bye, bye.